This is the 2TM News Podcast with Jack Howard and Tim Coates. Thanks to Supersteel. If it's happened in the news over the last week, you'll hear Jack and Tim discuss it right here on the 2TM News Podcast. Thanks to Supersteel Tamworth, providing quality steel products, excellent customer service, along with cutting, bundling and prompt delivery. There's steel and then there's Supersteel. Jack Howard here for another episode of the 2TM News Podcast, brought to you by Supersteel Tamworth, and uh, another week, another couple of candidates joining us, Tim. Yeah, look, and we're very lucky this morning to have the uh, the Labor candidate for the seat of New England, Yvonne Langenberg, on the phone. How are you, Yvonne? I'm very well, thank you. I'm in Tamworth today, so a little bit warmer than in Armidale. Yeah, we turn the temperature up specially for you. Just uh, I think we're going for 23 for That's- about six days in a row, or trying to. Yes, but, you know, we could do with a little bit more, I don't know, winter-like temperatures. We could, really? and we, we could do a little bit more rain as well. I think it would be sensational if you uh, could bring oh, some rain absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Yes. Into Tamworth. Yeah. As I was driving down, I saw some dumb dams that weren't, uh, hadn't been empty, were pretty empty now as I was driving on the New England Highway. So scary stuff. It's it, is. N- it is, and your and your background is uh, in pathology, nursing, uh, and, and yes. health. Yes. Yes, I, I trained as a registered nurse and worked for a long time as a registered nurse, and because I really uh, like people and I like, like having conversations with a lot of people, a lot of different people, I went into pathology a little bit by accident, but I still get that con- people contact and still have some, um, you know short three, five-minute um, conversations with a lot of people. And uh, from medicine uh, to politics, uh, Yvonne, uh, can you run us through the reasons behind uh, you putting your hand up for this federal election? Uh, yes. So, um, you know, like most most of us who just go through their life, raising their family, doing their own thing, doing the right thing, paying their bills. Probably about four years ago, I started really complaining a bit more loudly, especially for uh, regarding health. I suppose because I was involved in that, I could really see the effects of uh, health services being cut in rural and regional Australia, in our, in our area, because we uh, feel effects very quickly on cuts because we can't just drive down the block to another service or another doctor and then somebody said to me you know Yvonne stop complaining why don't you do something about it and I thought me <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always so the way was, isn't it that, that was really the way it was and mm. I thought well why not uh, that's and so three years ago I joined a labor party not many people asked me why I joined a labor party and not go as an independent because everyone tells me Oh, very conservative electorate. But I feel that by joining a party, I declare myself unambiguously that I'm a progressive politi- that I want to. I'm on the progressive side of politics, and um, also I've been looking at what the Labour Party had been doing. They really had to know. They learned a lesson from, you know, six years ago. Put their noses to the grindstone and started developing some really well thought out policies not just motherhood statements but really well thought out policies and I thought yes I'd like to be part of that team so I can offer as a um, 
candidate, not just wish lists and I would like this and I think we should do that because most of us really know what we need and what we require, but I could actually offer policies. This is what we will do. This is what we can do for our electorate. And also, there are, is more focus towards rural and regional areas. For a very long time, politics was all centred really in the major metropolitan cities and without terribly much regard that what works in the cities doesn't necessarily work at all in regional areas and not all regional areas are the same. So anyway, I put my hand up and I thought I want to have a can-do list. As a nurse, I I suppose I'm practical. Mm. I'm practical and pragmatic. But the whole, um, I don't really do the left-right divide. I do more conservative and progressive, and I think both sides have um, clearly have you know their their um, their focus on how they do things. Um, and my understanding from human beings, we're all really require the same things: a future, hope for the future for our children, optimism. Uh, some empowerment in make, being able to make choices. So, yes, I put my hand up. Well, I joined three years ago, and then I put my gently put my hand up. I thought, surely there are going to be other people who will jump in and say, Yvonne, get out of the way. I'll do that. But here I am. Well, and good on you for doing it because, you know, the world is run by those who put their hand up and turn up. The yes. the big issues, yes. obviously, over the past since uh, you've joined and, and probably during that entire period has been this uh, drought that we're going through in regional areas at the mm. moment. Yes. So yes. water, I guess, is, is a big issue. Your thoughts on how we can solve the problems we're facing at the moment in towns like Mararanda, in towns like Gaira, a diminishing supply for Tamworth. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, water, it's really disappointing that for six years we have there was a, a COAG a program in place to deal with drought and because droughts come and go in Australia and for six years it was disbanded by um, Barnaby Joyce or by the National Party so it is not it's just not going to require we can't do a band-aid solution I would love to be able to make it rain but clearly I can't make it rain so water and water security is a monumental debate that we have and there is a little bit too much of we are more entitled to the water than they are um, it's part of our it's part of our environment and our farmers need water the environment need water and our towns need water but also we have to sort of start coming to the realization that water is a it's not something we can really necessarily make more of. Um, so looking at irrigation practices becoming more, and some farmers are doing amazing work. I've worked with some, uh, I've talk, been talking with some farmers who have started drought proofing years ago, doing some amazing work with how they actually store the water, how they irrigate. But also in the towns, we have to start thinking of um, more recycling of our water uh, and not sort of see it as a, well, it's going to rain tomorrow and we'll just get some more. 
it's it's not going to be a solution tomorrow, but it's most certainly is something we have to we have to address. Water recycling for our towns, no water, no community. So you know, we can't sort of just brush it off. And it's not going to be that easy just to make dams because as we create dams, that will flow to flow down downstream. So had farmers cranky that they have been getting less water because water's been stopped further upstream. Stream. So yeah, I've, I've got to I've got to throw a thought in there. We've thrown it at, at a couple of the others um, as we've talked through. Um, we're building this great um, inland rail link at the moment from Melbourne to Brisbane. We're putting all this infrastructure in place to move freight around the country. And it, look, it's a, it's a great thing to do. Um, in the rail corridor, that why couldn't we have considered put a pipeline to move water from the places that have too much, like Tully in Queensland and other such areas, to the areas that don't have it? Um, it's just a thought. And, and probably to comment on it is probably not the right thing at this stage. But, I mean, it makes... like an average person like me pretty cranky that we're putting in big infrastructure and we could run parallel projects. Yes, and actually that's a really good point because I know that um, uh, in Queensland, for instance, you know, uh, the Gold Coast has a really, really good uh, big dam there and they've actually piping water up to Brisbane. So, yes, we do need to look at several options of getting water where there's plenty full of water, are they getting that into our stream? So it is, but we also have to come to the awareness that water is a fairly finite amount of water. We are not going to be able to create more water and start being more conservative with what we do with the runoff of water. And like, as you said, to say, you know, there's some places you just see all of this water rushing off and you think, can't we be a little bit more innovative and smart about that? And to, to Australians are, Australians, we have always punched above our weight in technological thinking, innovative thinking, and we need to get back to that. We really need to get back to that rather than jumping up and down. We're more entitled to the water or, you know, and, and to slanging match. Yeah, I get that, and I think it's it's an issue that'll go on forever. The uh, what if we were to say to you in sixty seconds, um, what are the some some of the things we don't know about you that the electors need to know about you? What would they be? And and if we can keep it to sixty, we can we can keep on tagging through if that's okay. Okay, in sixty seconds, I'm uh, a mother, a wife. I've been ner- I've nursed. I grew up in very very remote areas. So my, most of my schooling has been correspondence schooling. I am a, lived on or grew up on mining sites. This is well and truly before the fly-in, fly-out. So I know the, the challenges, but also the benefits of living really remotely. What else? Um, I enjoy cooking. Gardening is a big thing. I have this, uh, we are, my husband and I live on a, quarter acre block and um, we grow probably about 85% of our vegetables and my husband is really big in fruit I'm not allowed to buy any fruit out of season <laughs> oh, oh, I think like where did these nectarines come from mm. the USA and I thought like 
but they taste really nice. <laughs> uh, Yvonne, that, that's fantastic. It is. And uh, uh, you, you've touched on cooking. Uh, one question we've loved asking all of our candidates is, if you were to have a dinner party and maybe in your instance if you were to cook for three people, alive or dead, uh, who would they, those people be? Alive or dead? Oh, okay. One would be my father. My father passed away when I was 28 and not at all ready to let him go because he's probably, he, he is one of the people who's really inspired me. Um, could I say, um, I'd love to ask Mahatma Gandhi a few questions because there are some controversies around him. And Maya Angelou, she yeah. writes mm-hmm. so beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> Her poetry is so beautifully. Very inspiring and, poet. Yes, very, very inspiring poet. That's just three. Yeah, no, and we, we were capping it at three. Um, uh, other things we've asked are your favourite meal, the, the meal you may serve up to those three guests, what would it be? So I have a very mixed uh, background, which I think makes me like a real Australian because it's so mixed up. And the you fantastic actually, cook, you, too. You can't, you can't actually send me back to anywhere because I would say, where do you want to send me back to? <laughs> so it's Australia. Australia is home. And don't you mess with Australia. Uh, I do quite a bit of Asian cooking, especially Indonesian cooking. And when I get really nervous about uh, making an impression on people, I would put on a Indonesian rice tafel. It's just several dishes that you eat. Not very common, and the beauty of, of that is because not many people actually know whether it's done really, really well. If you make a bit of an error, no one can pick you up on that. They just say, "That's wonderful, Yvonne." <laughs> <laughs> do you um, favorite sport? Uh, do you have one? Uh, cycling, okay. and uh, I just was talked into doing the um, Armadale to the Southwest Rock. Cycles, yeah, oh, well done. Days. Tour de Rocks, whatever they call the it. The Tour de Rocks? Yeah. yeah. So that was amazing. We have a beautiful, like, our, our area here is just lovely to cycle through. And I've cycled long distances in different areas, and especially in Europe. We we have something really good to offer. So I've got plans about this, you know. That, <laughs> um, if I, for some horrible reason, am not elected, uh, I really would like to... This should be the tourism centre of Australia. So who wants to just stare at the Opera House for too long? Come up to New England, I say. Absolutely. Lots more to offer. And um, just musical, we, we're going on that slant too. So your favourite favorite band or music that you listen to? I um, favourite. I'm Musically, I'm really very eclectic. There's quite a lot of South American music I like. But... Leonard Cohen songs touch chords with me, but lately I've got into um, uh, Gang of Youths. Okay. Okay. So we are eclectic ki- with that. <laughs> South American uh, Leonard Cohen, Gang of Youths, yeah. <laughs> so my kids um, so say, oh, Mum, you're getting so with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of with it, it sounds like you have been uh, all over this election campaign so far. Not many days left, uh, four days oh, left to D-Day. I'm- so, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep for a week. my business is being a bit neglected. So uh, I gladly, thankfully, my partner is been doing the work for two, but uh, yes, yeah, the business is sort of has been neglected a bit. 
Well, we collectively wish you the best of luck and thank you for taking some time this morning to talk to Jack and I because we really appreciate it. And to, okay, to thanks. N- Bye-bye. Thanks, Yvonne, and good luck. That was Yvonne Langenberg, the Labor candidate for the New England, joining us on the line. And uh, as always, Tim, there is a little bit more news happening in the region. And a very big story breaking on Monday was that the Tamworth Regional Council's special rate variation to try and bring some special events into the region was declined by the IPART review. Yeah, look, I guess it was a bit... um, I was bemused, to be honest. They said there wasn't enough wide-ranging consultation, and I think you've got the stats there in front of you, Jack, but um, this seemed to dominate discussion for a period of time. It went out to Barabra, it went everywhere, went, you know, to all of the smaller communities, and councils seemed to engage quite widely with businesses that's a wider community. Um, So I'm bemused, I'm confused. It was very interesting. John Summerled came out and said he was a little bit confused as well. Looking through the report, it uh, found that the financial need was partially demonstrated. The community awareness was not demonstrated. A reasonable impact on ratepayers was demonstrated. And uh, productivity improvements and cost containment was partially demonstrated. So the big one, which was one of the key reasons it didn't get up, was that community awareness you touched on. And uh, in that section of the report uh, had these findings, Tim. Yeah, look, it did, and uh, it's very confusing because it seemed to me that the communications unit at council and and the councillors themselves, led by the mayor, uh, tried to inform the community. Or in in my mind, I I saw social media on it. I saw um, different types of media. Listened to it from yourself. I listened to it and watched people on television. Um, it was everywhere. Um, it was in print media. I don't know. I'm confused. What is sufficient, Jack? Uh, I'm sure that's what a couple of our head scratchers will be asking themselves at council at the moment. Uh, but for now, what, where do council go with their events from here? Yeah, look, I think that it was um, trying to diversify uh, where the money comes from. Obviously, the Country Music Festival is supported by council and, and the rate players. Wider community is a good investment going forward. We've touched on in conversations, you and I, national primary games, maybe the gymnastics events. They bring a lot of, of dollar to Tamworth. Um, so for a small investment, they bring well over a million dollars into the community, as do a lot of sporting uh, and music events, Mayworth, Rockworth, all those kinds of things. So how do you widely, more widely advertise this? I am totally confused. So it probably needs a really good strategy on if I was going to do it, which I know was the question you were going to ask me, um, you work really hard on social media and you engage and you run focus groups. And where you, where you found out there was a weakness last time, you go back and you do it again. I think that's a great start. I think one thing they could also do, Tim, is uh, try and use some events to possibly plug other events. So we're getting tens and tens of thousands of people in for country music instead of just pushing the next year's country music uh, it might be a possibility to try and make uh, all these tourists aware of all the other things on display in Tamworth between now and the next 12 months when they would be possibly thinking of coming back. Yeah look there seems to be an overall marketing strategy and the the Grey Nomad Trail is a very good trail I mean obviously the Silo Trail is now well advertised and people are aware of that obviously the the camp up at at, um, Bogabri there's events at Nundal so it's a matter of communicating those to the Grey Nomads, people who are on the road. There's there's mediums for doing that through um, apps and through websites and obviously through publications. Uh, Tamworth advertises quite well through in-flight magazines with 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 the uh, the airlines. So I'm just I am bemused and confused. I'm not being smart. I'm just totally confused that it, it wasn't enough consultation and awareness. 
Yeah, well, that was one finding. One issue I had with it in the first place was there was no exact events which they were communicating, which they had their eyes on. I felt if I were to say, if you give me $50 and I'll buy you something, Mm. you'd be much more reluctant to give me the $50 as if I were to say, if you give me $50 and, you know, I'll go across the road and and buy you some food and uh, a couple of drinks to take home. Um, And I I was quite... uh, amused that in the whole consultation process, uh, we didn't really hear what type of events they may have been aiming at. People weren't asking either. That question didn't come back the other way. So the types of events that we we don't have are obviously the ones we're trying to get. And whether they be big corporate um, activities, whether that's pick something out of the air the uh, the, T- the Telstra Christmas party I don't know I'm just, just picking it well we saw what the CWA yeah. uh, did to Armidale last year when they had their state conference there and view clubs have been here CWA have been here uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses come here we, we have a significant number of events so it's looking at the capacity and looking at the dates putting an overall calendar together and looking at the weak spots in that calendar and then filling that calendar with alternate events Sport seems to do a fantastic job in parallel with music um, and the offshoots of music such as Mayworth, Rockworth, etc. Um, sport's doing really, really good things for Tamworth at the moment. be great to see what the athletics track, the cycling track and the aquatic centre, if and when it's built, do for us as well. So other activities, yeah, they may need to be more specific, Jack. Yep. But um, if you said to me what's a specific one, I don't know, the national touch games we bring to Tamworth? Um, then we're gonna we, we do need the water infrastructure and we don't have sand to go and run along the beach on. So we've got to balance out the things we don't have, like sand and surf, with the things that we do have, which is fresh air and easy to get to. Tim, that's a very interesting point. We'll leave that one there and move on. Talking about events, uh, one thing I know you're starting to itch at is um, the date of the Banksia unit being completed yeah look i've seen a lot of um a lot of commentary on this one and a lot of people are saying oh yeah i'm going to do this i'm going to do that um a great community worker in narelle langfield has, has, has done some work in the space she did some work in the space with the cancer center as well there's a whole group around her obviously but isn't it time the rubber hit the road i mean there's a demonstrated need we have the the billabong situation where they do some great work in that space headspace do some work in that space there's a demonstrated need. We're in a time of drought. There's a lot of pressure on people and there's a lot of um, increase in mental health issues. We need something to happen. So if someone out there wants to say, I'm going to make it happen, oh, that'd be a great idea. I just want someone to stand up and say, let's do it. Do you think uh, we've heard of all our candidates uh, identifying water as um, the first and foremost biggest issue in the region at the moment? Do you think that it has uh, more or less been swept aside because this, of these ongoing drought conditions? Yeah, look, it has. And um, it's, you know, who, who carries the parcel on this one? Is it a state health issue to start off with? Um, it may need more than one level of government to put money into this. But somewhere along the line, it just needs to be done. We've got some great fly-in, fly-out um, specialists come into our area now. There's some great psychologists in our area, some great services in our area. We just need a facility. And build it and they will come. The hospital is still um, a fantastic facility and it does bring people into our region. So it does have its own impact on our community. Our regional areas for our hospitals have been upgraded. Um, the member for Northern Tablelands and the member for Tamworth have done some work in that space. Hey, 
mental health. Let's work on it. Yeah, and hopefully we see uh, some action on that uh, sooner rather than later. And one last thing before we are joined on the line by our final candidate, Cindy Duncan, the uh, United Australia Party candidate. I've got to ask you, Tim, did you catch the OVA mushy score in the Northern Inland Premier League over the weekend? I thought you played goalkeeper. Didn't you just play goalkeeper? I thought they must have got you to replace Troy Kite. Um, look, I think I probably could have done a better job than whoever did uh, for those uh, playing at home. Uh, Troy got injured, and look, it's very hard. When your goalkeeper goes down, um, word on the street is Troy got hurt. And those things happen, and it can happen. Um, I don't think it's ever happened to them ever before, and hopefully it never happens to them ever again. Uh, and as a former coach, um, I, I feel for the boys, they'd probably be hurting. But, uh, yeah, look, you know, turn the corner. There was another game on a weekend, could have gone the same way. I was actually watching... Uh, I think North Companions were down 4-0 at half-time and that could have gone anywhere too. Yep. You did very well not to mention the score there, Tim. It was indeed... 12-1. 12-1. There yeah. we go. 12-1. Uh, <laughs> Happy to mention the score, Jack. Oh, look, uh, one thing it did do is uh, put the Northern Inland Premier League at the forefront of uh, all the uh, sporting scores over the weekend, I felt. It was a huge talking point and uh, it's good to see that this year's competition is uh, much closely a fought so far in the opening rounds. Yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how it ends up. North Armidale looking like a really strong team in the competition this year. So is South Armidale. Tamworth FC there thereabouts. The youth of um, North Companions probably just needs a little bit more direction at, at some stage and a couple of players playing in different spots. Um, Gavin Flanagan can give you the insight <laughs> on that one. Um, but, yeah, look, overall the competition is not too bad. Demon Knights obviously going well. East Armidale struggling. You'll see how it ends up. That's exactly it. And we'll have to touch base back in a couple of weeks' time to see how the OVA Mushies bounce back from that huge defeat. Well, we'll see if we can get a roving reporter and um, talk to uh, one of the people, co- or might even get onto their coach. You could talk to him on your other sports show. Oh, it sounds like a great idea. I might even put my hand up for goalkeeper as well. Uh, <laughs> Tim, it is time that we're joined by our final uh, candidate uh, before Saturday, and it is the candidate for the United Australia Party, Cindy Duncan. Um, no, thank you. Cindy, I've had a, had a bit of a look through. Um, you've got a, a range of experience that's second to none, really. A, a business owner, a legal secretary, been in the army, been a journalist. You should interview us. <laughs> no, I've um, done a few things. Put it that way. Well, I'm old. We're getting there anyway. Oh, look, we're never old. It's just life experience, isn't it, really, to be honest? I mean, it's... Yeah, that's it. At the end of the day, that's what you catalogue as, so... Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and with a background like that, at least you've been somewhere, you've seen something, and you can have an opinion on a few things, I would imagine. I have several opinions <laughs> on a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> sounds, like a, popular. Uh, sounds like a very good politician in the making, if that's the case. And Cindy, uh, what we just touched on uh, some of the in- incredible things you've done in your career to date. Um, why politics now? That's actually a pretty good question, but it's actually why not for me. I I found myself without a party because I was so disenfranchised with my own party that I had, well, I actually wasn't a member. I just voted for them for 40 years and I had to go research, researching, which I did, and I come up with UAP. And because it, it's a very... Well, it's it's not followed by ideology, and that suited me just fine. So for all practical um, purposes, that suited where I wanted to go, where I felt I'd been left behind, so to speak, if that makes any sense to you. It yeah, does. No, it does. It, it's, um, 
It's atypical, I think, of how a lot of people get into politics, to be honest. They get disenfranchised in one space, so they could do something in another space. Uh, yeah, some I people do it as independent, some do it through another through a party opportunity. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, just so much um, disappointment um, amongst people today. They're like, we've got no clear leadership at all. And it's it's real... It's a real shame because when we look at where we were 20 years ago, even going back 25, I could definitely say why I was a Labor voter, why I voted for that. But I was in an era when Bob Hawke was on fire as a union guy. But back then, unions were strong and they were for the worker, you know. But everything has changed. And it's changed not for the better, I don't think. Not for us we people out there out here anyway you know a lot of people are struggling so cindy from labor you have aligned yourself with the united australia party uh one party that perhaps has been one of the more controversial parties over the last uh well last while i would say and uh, we have all seen the ads of some of their national campaigns but for you personally what are what are the things you are definitely pushing in your campaign here for the new england residents well, number one, we need this water issue fixed up. This is not just an issue. And it's been underplayed, I think. And for the life of me, I don't understand why. Because we've got so many farmers that are doing it tough. We've got irrigators. And every one of them has um, a place in Australia. They, they make us great. They're our wealth. And I don't understand why we're not looking after that these people you know we just can't leave it the way it is so our water has to be addressed but yeah that surprised me today how little that gets addressed um but also zonal taxation you know we need in the country more help than what we've been given and if we can pay 20 percent less tax at the end of the day a year that um then I, yeah, I support that wholeheartedly. But there's a lot of taxation reforms that we are looking at and, well, we're endorsing and we want, um, like home loans, make them tax deductible, as well as the um, provisional tax, make that a one-off payment rather than a quarterly payment. Yeah, and I think you've, you've touched on one that's very dear to my heart. It's usually my question is, is on water. Um, it is a big issue. Um, I'm probably going to turn the question back on you. How, how do we fix water? What, what would your, be your plan? Congratulations. Uh, you, you are the person now. How do you fix water? What, what can you do? Our biggest issue is trying to get our rivers back to where they were, the basin. We've got to get that back to being um, healthy, sustainable and functional we've got to get them flowing right but at the end of the day um i believe we need more dams um more for water reserves and so forth like that we've got to have big weirs we can't have these tiny little dams that we have currently in the new england all along the basin we should be having 150 kilometer um uh, wide uh, weirs out there for water storage. That way everybody has enough. You can control the levels of how much you need, you know, and so forth. And 
your irrigators, they don't miss out, your farmers, they don't miss out. But we, what we cannot do is just sit back and say, oh, this is not a problem and turn a blind eye to it. You know, yeah. we, so we, we what have I'm, to... What I'm hearing you say, sorry to interrupt, is, is um, if we do that, we're looking at some off-river storage. So in the good times, we, right. we store off-river and we bring it back in when we need it, to. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah, okay. So, and I don't disagree with you. I think the other thing that, um, and it's a personal hobby horse, we've built the inland rail or we're building the inland rail. Melbourne to, to Brisbane, how hard would it be to put a pipeline in a rail corridor well, and, move, and move water it, around? Look, we built a great dam about 40 years ago, 40 odd years ago. We just haven't built another great one since then. Yeah. You know, um, we can't just stop. Our, look, our population has absolutely skyrocketed since we've done that. And yet we've done nothing to increase our water capacity for our population. It does, You know, we're going to lose out there somewhere. The same goes for our power. While our population grows, well, guess what? Our infrastructure has to grow as well. Cindy, oh, sorry to cut you off there. I'm just a little bit curious when we say uh, we haven't built our dams in... A a time period. Uh, are you referring to the whole electorate or just uh, the northern sector where you're from? Because uh, I will point out that uh, there was a big upgrade to Chaffee Dam. Oh, yeah. Two years oh, ago. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I realise that. And that's, um, that's wonderful. But I think we've got to look at the entirety of our river systems, our basins, and so forth like that. We can't just uh, segregate one thing and say that's going to offshoot yeah. our food sources. No. Um, we've got to look bigger than that. It's got to be it's, a nationwide network. Exactly. And, and, I and mean, we've got to, exactly. You know, and this takes a lot of minds to um, get it up and running, and people have to start learning to work together on this. You know, this, this should be one of our biggest issues that is spoken about. And I'm quite frankly, I'm amazed that it's not. It, oh, like it, it, in the forums I've been, it, that, it's only been touched on. I mean, if you go to Gyra now, obviously the 100 days water supply, give or take, um, they, they probably want to talk about water. Um, you well, probably, same Tenerfield. You go to you know. yeah, Tenerfield's exactly the same. Murrurundi uh, is trucking water in. Um, uh, there's been some upgrades, obviously, in Awaris Creek um, uh, and Corindai areas recently. Tamworth has been the same, but the Hunter oh. Valley wasn't doing it too flash recently until they had some rain. And so it is electorate wide. My heart, <laughs> yeah. like keep it because as a kid, I and I was a kid <laughs> a long time ago, but I went there for two weeks yep. for a camp, and it was a glorious place to be as a kid. Um, and then to see that now, it just wow. But then nothing surprises me now because I, I, I went to Menindee and I went out there and had a look and I've got to say that was a bit soul-destroying. That yeah, was just absolute horrific to see that. I think and it's also great to see the, the younger people taking such a great interest in our environment but I think the conversation, I'm I, interested in your take on it, um, needs to be couched with uh, let's learn from our history, let's look at our future uh, let's not be too militant about it, but let's let's actually exactly. look at a solution that everyone can live with. I think, look, there's enough... We get enough rainfall. We really do. We've just got to learn to capture it and, and store it. And there's enough there for everybody. There's no need for anyone to miss out. 
Oh, if you live in Tully in Queensland, you get plenty of rainfall. So um, they exactly. could share they could share that around, and we'd love some in our electorate. Well, that's exactly right. But like I said, it's it's above my pay grade. But um, I think we still have to work on uh, solutions that are practical and that are good for the nation as a whole. Because we we do generate like eighty to eighty five percent of our wealth is from rural areas in Australia. So if we don't look after that, you know, and then what are we doing? It, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And in rural areas do need... I mean, in times of drought, mental health is affected, obviously. We also look at general health. Things stop to go. Small businesses are affected. So water oh. is uh, is a key factor in well, keeping Well, if you have no water... Healthy. Exactly. If you have no water, you have no money. If you have no money, you have no water. And the whole communities, they, they just spiral down. That's exactly and, it. And uh, fortunately, at the moment, Cindy, uh, a lot of people in the New England electorate would know exactly what you're talking about there, uh, seeing that happen firsthand here, which is and has been devastating. So uh, It is heartbreaking. Look, honestly, when I was driving through New England um, to go to Broken Hill out to Menindee, there were so many little towns that you would stop in. Um, now, I grew up in a little town, Wollongarra, 800 people, but it was still a thriving little town. You know, we had two meatworks, abattoirs, for say, example. It was, it was one a very busy little town, a very it, busy. <laughs> you know, and you had the mill and you had two abattoirs. Now, from that, you would have, say, um, anyone from Stanthorpe, Tannerfield, uh, Wollongarra, everyone was richly employed, if you will. Oh, people would travel in from Urbanville, no doubt, and, and Drake and those kind of places travel up and exactly, in. Exactly, exactly, especially Drake. They were affected greatly when the mill was closed down, right? Um, but if we don't start getting the industry back into rural areas, and I'm not quite sure why we don't have... Um, more abattoirs. Um, um, Let's talk about one going back into Gaia at the moment. I think one of the other candidates yeah. has been promoting that for a couple of years now. But, um, you know, and there has been a development of industry, but, again, that comes down to they have to look at the uh, the labour force. Um, and, again, we get into visa issues and we get into labour force issues and we get into water availability issues. Um, well, that's it too. So, so yeah. it, is, it is, a, is a global issue that we've got to solve. Um, well, I think Jack's champion at the bit. He wants to go fast five. We want to find out some of those fun things about you. I do. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, Cindy. It was fantastic to hear uh, a lot of your views on uh, what needs to be done and what you're hinging your campaign on. But we'd also love to find out a little bit about Cindy Duncan herself. Now, we touched on at the uh, start of this interview that... You've had an um, extraordinary career to date, um, you know, trying a lot of different career paths along the way. Uh, but we've got a couple of other questions to hopefully get out the lighter side and give our listeners a good idea about who they are voting for if they opt to go down the path of the United Australia Party. And, uh, Tim, I might get you to take it away. All right, well, we'll lead off with... Um, Cindy, we're going to get you to host a dinner party for four people you're one three guests who are the other three guests dead or alive that you would like to have at your ultimate dinner party oh good question i, know. Um, I love I? it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, tony Gregg. i would have liked to have had him oh, very interesting um, one straight off yeah 
Yeah, I do. I like him. And would you ask Greggy to uh, bring his own keys for the pitch report? Uh, if he wanted to. And and I tell you who I absolutely love is... Uh, what's the... Um, um, the West, West Indies. He played for West Indies. Clive Lloyd. Yes, yeah, him. Yeah, big glasses, big moustache, big man. And big boy hat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cindy, you're coming across as quite the cricket fan. Uh, if you were to get up on Saturday, I'm sure you and uh, Adam Marshall would have a lot to speak about. Hang on, we get this third guest for you <laughs> yet, yep. Jack. Hang on, let's find... Oh, but then I'd have to have some... Some member from the band, a singer from that, uh, what's his name? Rick Denko. I'd have to have Rick Denko. Okay. Well, this is a very interesting and diverse group because <laughs> I think Clive Lloyd's been known to ham it up a bit. So this could be an all-singing, all-dancing dinner party. <laughs> well, it could be, but I wouldn't be singing. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy, your favourite your favorite meal, if you get the choice someone's cooking for you, um, what would you order? Um, favourite meal, if I go out, I love um, steak, a really good steak ribeye with mushroom sauce. Mm, great answer. And now, you, you the, may... next, the next question on that is, is it medium rare, is it well done, how's it cooked? Uh, medium rare. Yeah, that's okay. Brilliantly. We'll, we'll still talk to you then. Talk Nailed it. And, um, <laughs> oh, good. Look, you may, you may have hinted at this one already, Cindy, but uh, I have to ask the question, what is your, your favourite band? My favourite band is the band. Yeah, and I guess... The Do you know who they are? Yeah. It, My dad got me onto them <laughs> when I was 17. And I wondered, years later, I wondered to myself, hang on, what are you thinking of, Dad? How would you even know these people? Yeah, it, but, yeah, he was rather cool. I think it's um, it's really good. And obviously, I think we know the answer to this one. Your favourite sport? My favourite sport? Well, I do like cricket, but... Um, well, actually, there's song today, isn't there? Um, actually, yeah, I like the Ashes. The Ashes, yeah. Okay, well, that starts yeah. in August, so yes. don't miss that. First of August, I think, is the first game, and uh, the New England's own Josh Hazelwood will be there, hopefully, as the Australian vice captain. So that's. Uh, yeah, I like to watch that. Yeah, well, um, it sounds like you're in for a fantastic winter and some uh, a couple of late nights in August. Uh, Cindy, thank you so much for joining us today. And <laughs> thank you. And we wish you all the best. We wish all our oh, candidates yeah. the best. And it's nice of you to put yourselves out there, and we really appreciate your time. Oh, no, thank you kindly. It was that, a pleasure. That's okay. Uh, try and enjoy these next four days as much as possible, Cindy, and thank you very much. Oh, thank you kindly. You Thanks, take Cindy. care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Fantastic. That was Cindy Duncan, the United Australia Party candidate. And, uh, Tim, that wraps us up in terms of covering. Yeah, it does, and... Um, you know, I think the media band's on from, what, midday today, but we're doing this as a podcast, so I think um, we don't meet, there's no advertising in this. It's just getting to know people, very light-hearted look, Jack, so it's good. Yeah, it is, and, uh, what, four days out, uh, exciting times. We've uh, spoken about the amount of people who have already pre-polled across the country, so a lot of people have gotten in early. It's pretty scary. It looks like it could be up to around about 20% um, or, or more, and uh, it's. I, I guess it's weird because people are still making policy announcements, Jack. Do you... Yep. Do you follow that through? I mean, I'm still... You cast your vote and someone puts something out there and you're going, 
Gee, I wish I hadn't cast my vote. Yeah, uh, 100%. I thought it was very late with Scott Morrison announcing the uh, Home Loans one uh, just earlier this week. And then, we, of course, we have candidates like Adam Blakester, who was urging the New England uh, not to vote early and give them as much of an opportunity to find out as much as possible about the lesser-known candidates like himself and uh, possibly a Yvonne and a Cindy. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's uh, shaping up to be a very... Interesting Saturday if, uh, you know, Barnaby Joyce's tips are anything to uh, go by. It looks like we won't even be knowing to Sunday. I think Barnaby said we wouldn't know on the night that was his tip. Yeah, look, and I think with those uh, figures of, what is it, 37 39% um, primaries for the two majors, um, both south of 40, we know 40 is a magic number, but I think voting's changed a lot. I think they probably need Anthony Green to have another look at that, and 39 or 38 might be the magic number going forward. When you look at the seats that may or may not change hands, um, there's going to be some winners on both sides. Um, how that balances out and who gets to 76 for the minority or to the 77, 78 to claim, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's shaping up as a really good fight. It most certainly is. And, of course, we'll be back next week uh, with a couple of the community leaders uh, to we'll wrap up and recap the uh, weekend election and uh, preview the next four years of government. Yeah, look, and hopefully we know what the outcome is. We don't want to go into the same period as was it 2010, where we had, was it 17 days and then 17 minutes and all the rest of it. Um, it'd be great to get an outcome on the night or shortly thereafter. Yeah, we did get a new sports dome and a big upgrade to the Tamworth Hospital in 2010, though. Uh, look, and, and a lot of... Um, uh, Coastal, maybe one coastal area did very well as well. Uh, and that's down to the negotiating skills, I guess, of, of the crossbenchers at the time. They um, held the balance of power and they did a great job. Yeah, well, it's sure to be a very interesting Saturday and uh, we wish all of our candidates who have joined us and the ones who were unfortunately unable to get on over the last couple of weeks the very best on the day. And, uh, Tim, that just about wraps us up for the 2TM News Podcast. It does, and it's been a pleasure, and we'll be back next week unless they get rid of us. Look forward to that, and uh, thank you very much. As This is all brought to you by Supersteel Tamworth.